0: I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real life hardship. And we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom. And that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her Podcast H E A L. Honor, elevate, and love her podcast formerly known as the Owaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey toward wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Cynthia Dae is a award-winning Hollywood story producer, leveraging story-based marketing for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to become brands the competitors can't stop raving about. She founded the Content Clinic to help businesses and entrepreneurs escape the abyss of dead-end content and develop content strategies that bring in profits. She's been featured on CBS, NBC, Vogue, and more. So please welcome to the show, Cynthia.
1: I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you found that information about me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. so excited. I I can't wait to have this conversation because I know it's going to be a great conversation. Absolutely. I'm excited to have this conversation as well. And I just want to
0: thank you for your time and your energy. I don't take that lightly. And... um, Also, you know, sometimes people send me, you know, pre-bios that they want me to read. Sometimes people are like, do your thing, whatever. So I try to make sure that the information is is as current
1: and as um, correct Mm -hmm. as possible. That was all spot on. Good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I have been following you on Instagram, I believe, since maybe around 2021. Mm -hmm. And... I came across your content, your page stuck out to me. Um, I've been absorbing your content and grateful that we're able to connect now. And as I was saying to you before we started recording, I'm sure this is gonna be a fruitful conversation. Um, I had the opportunity to be on, on your podcast and things just flowed. So I know that people are gonna gain lots of value from this today.
1: I I believe so too. Like I said, I'm very excited to be here. This is a kind of conversation I like to have. And it's funny, I know that when we keep talking, I'll reveal more about myself. But until I found like what I'm passionate about, the tools that I use to achieve that passion weren't as important, right? Mm-hmm. So now everything that I do is, you know, it's just a tool. And the, the the end result, the end purpose is helping people live healthier, more fulfilling lives in a nutshell. Yes. So I'm excited to have I love it. Okay. So <laughs> let's jump
0: right in. And before we get to where you are presently, I love to get the backstory, um, especially to be able to get an understanding of where your mindset was at before society came in and started to limit your beliefs. Hmm. So I would love to know, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? And hmm.
1: what were you like as a teenager? Okay, so we'll start with the little girl. Um, I'm what many would refer to as a born creative. And literally like from my mom. Like my mom's one of the most creative people I know. I remember, you know, back when I was like, you know, seven, eight, she drew a whole catalog and just sketches of like fashion. She's 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 a fashion designer. Um, and that's one of the you know most striking memories I have of her is you know, she and I are Pisces as well. We're both born in March. And so like, we're like quintessential Pisces, <laughs> extremely creative, extremely dreamy. Um, but that dreaminess to me, I've, I've come to interpret it as it's not just about being dreamy. It's about being a visionary, like literally being able to create the life you want for yourself. And I saw her do that several times at several points in my upbringing. So what did I want to be as a, as a child? It's funny because I feel like before I even had a concept of what I wanted to become, society had already... <laughs> had already dug its claws into mm-hmm. me. So, the earliest memory I have of going, like, oh, here's who I want to become or what I want to be when I grow up was I wanted to be a lawyer. But now, when I think about it, it's just like so far fetched. I'm just like. <laughs> 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 I don't see myself as a lawyer at all. But at that point, you know, society had already like dug its claws into me. And growing up in Africa, I'm sure you've heard this joke. It's like you have very limited options for what careers you could go into. It's either doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, or disappointment, right? <laughs> yes, i heard that. You know, right? So so for me, I just, I just like, I just felt, I was like, okay, I could be a lawyer, right? And, you know, it came from people around me and analyzing me and, you know, like identifying my curiosity, identifying my propensity to, so you could ask me a simple question and I'll give you like a paragraph of a response, right? So that way of thinking. So I think, you know, like even before I had a concept of what I wanted to become, society already like framed that for me. Mm -hmm. So that, that I, but that led to like, I, I think a season of exploration in my life, where I explored a lot of things. So we're going into what I was as a teenager now. And so I was born a creative, always been a sensitive child. Um, That sensitivity while I was young wasn't always well-received. And you know know how it is, like most of the people in our lives when we're young, they mean well for us, right? So my family meant well in trying to harden me up, right? Mm -hmm. So they tried to harden me up because, yeah, the world is not kind to sensitive people. And I remember <laughs> my siblings like would make me cry all the time, <laughs> like just say mean things that make me cry, like usual sibling stuff, right? And my mom would always go, don't let them make you cry. Don't let them make you cry, you know? So growing up, I, I, I sort of developed this false sense of toughness, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a facade for that sensitivity, like to protect that sensitivity And so, you know, growing up in my teens, I took up basketball, which I still love, by the way. And I played semi-pro basketball, actually. So, um, yeah, so I went on this, you know, like journey of exploration, okay, basketball. And as a typical Pisces, I was good at every single thing I tried, right? So basketball, singing, dancing, whatever. Um, So I actually thought at some point I was going to be in the WNBA, (laughs) right? Um, But then I outgrew that dream. And, you know, today here I am. Right. And I found I have grew that dream and then thought I wanted to work in Hollywood again, because looking at the skill set I had, I sang, I danced, you know, all that stuff. And then I explored that to an extent I worked in front of and behind, you know, the screens in Hollywood, first with Nollywood. That's the like the film industry in Nigeria. And then in Hollywood, explored that and then, you know, found that that lifestyle wasn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not one of those people who demonizes like Hollywood, but it's just, I feel like there's something for everyone and it just wasn't, best suited to my temperament and who I am. So I burned out. (laughs) Right. And uh, you know, that moment of burnout, that rock bottom moment is where a lot of clarity starts to come to you as a person. And you start to like figure out what it is you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. And so that journey led me to start to lean more into my flow as a person and just let things happen instead of forcing things to happen. Right. And I remember very specifically, February, 2020, um, I'd never had, I'd, I'd, I've always struggled with anxiety to some extent, but I'd never had insomnia. February 2020, I started losing sleep. I wasn't sleeping anymore. And that like kind of propelled me to seek therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in therapy since then. And everything that has unraveled since then has just been this beautiful, amazing journey of self discovery, discovery of purpose. And to the point where I am right now, where I'm just like really excited to get up every day because I know that the destination of my purpose is more important than whatever, than whatever resistance I may experience in the moment. So. Wow. So
0: question. there's so much in what you said that I want to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with um, when you started talking about when you were younger, mm-hmm. that you were always very creative. You've always been a create like um, a creative person, creative mind. I love hearing when people say that. So here's the thing. I understand there are some people who are very analytical and then there's those of us who are our brains, like the analytical stuff is like overwhelming and we're more focused on the creative. So one thing I had learned from my mentor is that at the end of the day, we are all creative because the the word um, creative is derived from the word creator, right? Mm -hmm. So we're creating in God's image, but it's a lot of people have not tapped into their creativity, Right. Because they've allowed the doubt, the fear, the worry, self limiting beliefs and society to suppress their creative side. So I love that you've been able to express that side of you. Um, And then you spoke to being sensitive. And I think, I think we touched on this when I was on your podcast and we talked about uh, the book Quiet, I believe by Susan Kane, right? (laughs) Because we're, we're both introverts. Um, And we've come to this place where we've learned to honor that side of ourselves because society is shaped more for extroverts. You know, jobs are looking for people who are outgoing and talkative and all those things, which are not necessarily upfront qualities of an introvert, but we've learned to honor that as a strength and not as a weakness as so that society has forced us <laughs> to believe. Um, and then I, you spoke to, in your culture in Africa, how it's like you're expected to be certain professions. Yeah. So, you know, the doctor, the lawyer, things like that. And you chose your creative side. So what mm-hmm. I would love to know is what did your parents feel was Mm -hmm. most important where that's concerned? And did it match what mattered to you most?
1: So, and and that's, I think it's the beauty of, you know, growing up in a collectivistic society, but it's also the challenge of growing up in a collectivistic society when you have the larger society and then you have the nuclear society, right? The nuclear family, which is your parents. So thankfully for me and my siblings, My parents, the nuclear society, were very open to whatever we wanted to do. Mm. So that's how I was able to pursue my creative side. Because I already said my mom herself, my mom was actually a victim of her own nuclear society, where she had the opportunity to become an actress in Nollywood, but her dad said no. Mm. Right. So I think she made a determination to discontinue that trend or that... Mm generational trauma right yeah. so she allowed us the freedom with my dad as well allowed us the freedom to choose what we wanted to do and they just supported us so yeah. not just me my older brother my younger siblings they just supported us and helped us feel whatever, like my dad would take me to basketball training. Um, he would pay for my brother's, older brother's studio, you know, appointments for music. You know, they, they just supported, they would buy me like bas- new basketball shoes, whatever it is I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just really supported whatever it is we wanted to do at whatever point we wanted to do it. So.
0: I love, I love hearing that, especially from any generation before us, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like our parents' generation and beyond, they basically had these expectations that they wanted us to live up to. Mm -hmm. And although they wanted us to have a better life, it was almost like some of them wanted many versions of themselves or wanted us to fulfill dreams that they didn't get to fulfill. So Mm -hmm hearing that that's how your parents were I love that and that's how I am as a parent with my children where you allow them to be who they are and you feed into that so they can discover who they were meant to be yeah. um so I think that's great and then you also spoke about the self discovery through therapy so mm-hmm. huge fan especially on the show we always um were pro therapy over here so <laughs> <laughs> we all we all need it yep, i had a guest I- on <laughs> a couple okay. years ago and she's a nurse and she summed up therapy pretty easily where she said, it's basically like how we take our car in for an oil change regularly. So there doesn't have to be anything wrong, but going in for the regular maintenance to ensure (laughs) that things don't get out of hand. I agree. Yeah,
1: I absolutely agree with her. So personally, I always say like, we're so focused on our physical health too, right? So it's the same way you take your car to get it checked out we check ourselves up physically, but we ignore the mind. And literally this is where everything sits. Like yeah. this is the engine of the whole thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, I agree with her. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. And and I love that you spoke to that point as well, because I agree where a lot of people will hyper focus on the physical. And mm-hmm. what I had to learn through my own healing journey was the whole mind, body, and soul piece and breaking it mm-hmm. up because you can focus on one and the other is still broken and needs, you know, lots of work. So yes. it's balancing as best we can, um, working on all those areas. So I would love to know what has been some of your aha moments from therapy?
1: Ooh, it's It's been a journey. So we're, it's 2023 now. So that's like, it's been officially three years since I've been in therapy. So mine is more like long-term and um, the approach with my therapist has been unraveling childhood traumas and you know behavioral patterns and you know, the causes and triggers for the anxiety that I struggle with. Um, So, yeah, I was at a desperate place when I reached out for therapy. I still remember my first therapy session. And my first therapy session was a testament to how emotionally dysregulated I was at the time. Mm. And I remember I'd arrived at my therapist's um, office. It was (laughs) pre-pandemic. So we were seeing (laughs) people I'd arrived physically at her office. It was like right before like things went to, you know, um, so I was right. I was sitting, uh, I had arrived at her office and I'd gone in through the wrong entrance. And so I didn't see her. And so I don't even know what my brain thought in that moment, but I panicked and literally broke down and started crying. Wow no, you know, like I want to go to therapy. you know, I just like panicked I was crying in my car and then she called me and she was like, oh coming through the other entrance <laughs> you know and I was like, oh, there she is. But that was just a testament to how emotionally dysregulated I was. and it's funny how you don't even realize how damaged I guess your nervous system is until you start to repair it you start to see the damage as the norm, yeah. right And not until you've enjoyed regulation of your nervous system, do you, are you able to even identify when it's becoming damaged again? You yeah. know, so that had become my norm, like just breaking down out of nowhere, tears, you know, pouring down my face, um, you know, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just quit my job in Los Angeles. So I was like, you know, working myself, I was trying to work, you know, to make sure that I could pay my bills and stuff like that. Keeping up late nights, not sleeping, the importance of just sleep. Y'all, right? (laughs) One of the things I've learned is babies aren't the only ones who get cranky when they don't sleep. It happens to adults too, but we suppress it, right? So when we don't get enough sleep, we get kind of cranky, you know. For babies, they cry, you know, that's it, right? So I was so emotionally dysregulated um, during my first session. And so we we've been quietly working on identifying certain triggers and helping unravel them. And I think the biggest testament to the growth that I've been able to achieve in therapy happened about two months ago. After um, I, I got tricked into getting another job, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally I, I was literally tricked because after LA, I was like, you know what? I'm on this entrepreneur path. Um, but the job was presented to me as a partnership. And we pr- mm. we briefly talked about this when you were on my podcast. And so I was like, okay, a partnership. I still get to be an entre- entrepreneur and call the shots in some way or whatever, right? And I get to determine how my pace and how things go. Nope. It became a job so fast and things devolved so fast. And again, I saw myself in that place where I was on high alert all the time, like fight Mm -hmm. or flight, right? I wasn't sleeping, you know, all that stuff. And I was just like, I don't want to go there. Like, (laughs) I don't want to go back there, (laughs) y'all. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's this lady, a therapist that I I listen to all the time, Dr. Thema, if you haven't heard of her. Yeah. She's amazing. And I li- I remember when, right after I left LA, I wrote down, I can't, I can't remember, I think it's the Homecoming Manifesto. And it was like seven sentences of words of empowerment. Mm-hmm. And so that Homecoming Manifesto sort of became my North Star for when I am no longer in alignment with myself. Mm-hmm. The Homecoming Manifesto didn't seem true to me anymore. So I was like, yeah, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let it last five years this time before I make that decision. And so after helping build a seven-figure agency, I walked away from it because wow. it's not worth my peace of mind. Yeah. It's not oh, worth yep. my purpose. It's not worth, you know, my destiny. It's not worth any of that. You know, like seven figures, I can make seven figures in my sleep if I want to. So I walked away from that and have quickly been able to recover. That's the thing with our mental health. It's like the 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 longer you let your triggers affect you, the harder it is to cure those triggers. So I was quickly, I was quickly able to identify what the problem was, eliminate the problem. And like a month after it took, of course it took a while, but like a month after I'm like back on it again. I'm just like, yeah. have my energy. I'm excited to wake up every morning. I can work out again. Like it was so bad to the point where I couldn't even get a workout in every morning. Like, like wow. I liked, right. So, um, yeah, I think I went on a tangent there, but I hope it, I hope I you. No, know,
0: you know what? You, <laughs> y- you explained beautifully so many different things. And yeah. cause you, you know, you talked about, um, emotional dysregulation. You talked about your values and having your North star and how you're able to recover and, and get back on your feet, mm. you know, after being triggered. So you broke down s- some pretty great points, yeah. um, that I think we should Probably highlight some of because I feel like a lot of people, including myself uh, previously, that didn't realize we had childhood wounds or childhood traumas are completely emotionally dysregulated. Mm. And like yourself, being able to unpack (laughs) the Mm. trauma and work through it and find coping mechanisms and tools and really getting to the root of what your values are so that Mm -hmm. you can be in alignment with that. And understanding how your body will show you when you are out of alignment with that. Does that make sense?
1: Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And I I was going to say that that triggered a a new thought in my mind that personally, the way therapy has manifested for me was it's just been a training program to be able to help me identify the root cause of some of my behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. literally that's what therapy has been for me. Um, My therapy uses this mode. She uses this modality called EMDR. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you know, getting to the root cause of, you know, certain traumas, certain situations that may have triggered that trauma, your earliest memory of a specific behavioral pattern, all that stuff. Right. And what I found is even when I'm not in therapy, when she's not assisting me, whenever something comes up for me and I ask enough questions about why is this coming up for me right now? Why do I feel insecure right now? Why do I feel anxious right now? Whatever it is that I'm feeling, I'm able to get to the root cause of the matter. Mm-hmm. And usually when you get to the root cause of the matter, it takes its power away. It takes mm-hmm. away the power and you feel better. So yeah. I just want add that.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I love how you pointed out asking yourself certain questions and being in that state of reflection, because I feel like when we're unhealed, we're in a state of projection where we're constantly projecting our insecurities and all of our issues onto other people and making assumptions and getting in our feelings and being offended for things that may not actually be that way. But because of our state of perception, that's how we view it. I have a saying that healed people hear differently. You know, someone mm. could say something to you. And if you're in an unhealed state, you quickly take offense. But yeah. when you're working on yourself and you're going through your healing journey intentionally, you can hear something and then ask yourself, why am I being triggered? Why does that bother me? Is that, you know what I mean? So it's it's basically taking accountability for yeah. ourselves and being responsible for our emotions so that we can change our thoughts, feelings, and actions.
1: I absolutely agree. And, you know, you spoke to this, I think you said physical, mental, and soul, or like something along mental those lines. Soul, yeah. Right. So there's another person I work with who's on the spirit, more on the spiritual side. And, you know, I'm, I refer to myself as spiritually fluid. I grew up Christian, but these days I've been able to see wisdom even in other, you know, religions. And so I just borrow wisdom from everywhere. And, um, I'm in alignment with this spiritual person in that sense, in the sense that she also borrows wisdom from everywhere. And one of the most powerful things she told me was no one can make you feel anyway. On the surface, it may sound like you're absolving people of their bad behaviors, but what that means is what you just said, right? So a lot of times your reaction to people is, of course, indicative of who they are and what they are, whatever they do to trigger that reaction in you. But to take your power back from whatever situation, you you have to go inside, introspect and figure out what is it on going, what's going on on the inside with me right now that made me react to that person in that way? What, what? Again, that doesn't mean you should stay in that situation or allow people to continue to treat you a certain way, right? Because um, that's dysfunctional, right? So, willing people to change their behaviors is dysfunctional, right? The reason the the the, the reaction to that, or for me, the more functional um, way to handle that is to get yourself out of that situation, right? Pull yourself right. out, of the situation, which is what I did where I came to the job. Like instead of constantly willing someone to treat me better, to see me as a person, you know, like I just took myself out of that situation. Now it doesn't absolve her of her own behavior, but I took my power back by introspecting and figuring out. And sometimes it's even just, you know, accepting that, okay, whatever it is in me right now that, you know, is triggering all these reactions from this person's actions. I have to honor that too. Mm -hmm. It's honoring that feeling too. And loving yourself enough to remove yourself from that situation. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Powerful. Like, so powerful. I feel like whether it be a work partnership, a romantic partnership, a family member, a friendship, the loving yourself first piece is vital. Hmm. Because if we don't, there are a lot of things that we accept that are unhealthy if we don't know how to love ourselves, how will we know what it feels like, Yes, right? When someone else isn't loving you the way that you deserve to be loved. And unfortunately, a lot of us, especially in the black community, grew up not understanding the self-love piece because we were taught, whether it be religion or what have you, that those things are being selfish. But when you actually understand, and and here's the thing that that used to rock my brain, because like you, I grew up Christian and I feel like, The more that I seek truth and wisdom, I find lots of wisdom in other areas, Um, and I I feel like religion is a division because there's so many women that I know from different backgrounds. We believe the same things and we have the same morals, but through religion, it separated us. Right. Mm. So, (laughs) being able to you know seek truth and understanding Mm -hmm. for myself, I found, for example, the Ten Commandments love God. And then it says, love thy neighbor as you love yourself, right? That's it. Which means after loving God, you need to be able to love yourself. <laughs> That's it. Yep. So um, just being able to dissect and seek a deeper understanding of certain things, I feel like it has opened my mind to healing in a whole different way. So I would also love to know how mindfulness has helped you on your healing journey.
1: Oh, it has, you know, and it's a combination of everything. It's everything from, so I'll give you an example. When I don't exercise regularly, I wake up feeling foggy in my mind. Right. And it's, it has to do with the release of, you know, the good chemicals, like good hormones, all that stuff. Right. When I don't eat well, it's similar as well. There was a time where I noticed like a simple difference. And this is all mindfulness, because if you're not mindful, you won't Mm -hmm. notice how things are making you feel. Right. So it's, it all boils down to mindfulness. So sometimes just a simple, the simple act of adding veggies to my diet changes the way that I feel. There was a time where I even started to keep a food journal, right? Mm. Because again, where it comes to physical uh, health, one of the best advice I've gotten is the same thing doesn't work for everyone. Figure out what works for you, for you. Yes. right? Figure out what works for you, the same fad diets, whatever that it doesn't work for everyone. Right. So like, I've noticed that my body takes carbs very well, yeah. Right. And it might have to do with my upbringing and, you know, growing up in Africa, carbs are a huge part of our diet, right? But the our Western brothers and sisters would tell you, oh, stay away from carbs and all that stuff. But my body takes carbs very well. I wouldn't have realized that if I wasn't paying attention to how my body felt when I took carbs versus, you know, other kinds of food or when I totally eliminated carbs from my diet, right? right. Same thing with even working out. I find that my body reacts better to cardio than it does to strength training, right? Mm-hmm. try to establish like a good mix of cardio and then you know like maybe two days of strength training versus four days of cardio whatever that looks like right so this is all mindfulness because there's no way of knowing all those things if you're not paying attention (laughs) to how your body is feeling right and then you know to the more general understanding of mindfulness which is like meditation and all that stuff um i do a lot of meditation i do yoga um, there's the there's a meditation I've taken up recently that you know has been working wonderfully for me and it's called the I am meditation and it's just like it's like a mixture of meditation and affirmations right mm-hmm. just I am blah, blah 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 you know all that stuff and um, I've tried different kinds of meditation I'm not sure if you've heard about the silva method so it's I can't remember what his first name is uh, but it's this guy in like you know the 19 I don't, I don't, I can't remember right now, but I have the book right there. Um, and he developed this method of meditation that, um, connects to your, your alpha mode or whatever that is. Right. So there's a way in his method of connecting to your alpha mode. And then, you know, and then when you're in your alpha mode, you're able to meditate, you're able to manifest better, right. Mm. Because it's a more subconscious level of meditation. And it goes back to all that stuff that we talk about, right. Um, at our subconscious level, like deep inside, we are all limitless, right? Right. But we live in a world that feeds us information that makes us feel limited, right? And so mindfulness, meditation, all that stuff for me is, is simply a journey to reconnecting with that part of yourself that is literally like godly. It's the image of God right is that image of God in yourself like these days like I just look at myself I'm like I I was created in the image of God like there's nothing difficult there are no obstacles I'm connected to infinite intelligence there's no problem I can't solve you know and there's just something empowering about just that knowledge you know like when you go back to the Bible like I was created in the image of God right like do do people understand just how powerful that is it means like there's literally nothing that's impossible for you if you believe it right and once you're able and all that you know has been that has been all that those understandings and unraveling that understanding has been part of my mindfulness journey and it's funny how speaking of religions the more i started to become open-minded to other religions the more i started to see the value in christianity Mm. it's so funny how that worked out like for the longest time i wouldn't even read the bible because i'd been growing I, i grew up in the church and you know we know how the church is nowadays right there's a very limited in my opinion limited understanding of a limitless god like literally you talk about how limitless and how big and how mysterious god is but you put god in a box yeah <laughs> right yeah. and and so it took my like openness to other forms of religion to go like yo that bible book has a lot of wisdom right so now i'm even open to reading the bible again because now i understand other religions and like you said there's so many similarities between all the religions right? And so many similarities, uh, Christianity, Jesus Christ was, um, there's a word that that was used, to, was a mystic. Jesus Christ himself was a mystic, right? One of the biggest differences between man as we are right now and Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ 100% believed he was the son of God. And he told us that we are all children of God too, but we don't have to in that power, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So um so my own my my entire mindfulness journey has helped me unravel all those understandings of myself and it's just been enormously empowering and you know it's not always it's not always you know kumbaya and easy peasy it's not always <laughs> but even when those difficult moments come you know it's temporary so for me when those difficult moments come mornings i wake up and i just don't feel like doing it i know it's temporary i know it's just like it's just a it's a moment, you know. It's like when they say, "It's yeah. a moment, right?" It's just let that moment pass, right? Don't judge the moment. Don't just let it pass. It's like they yeah. say um, when you do guided meditations, right? When the thoughts come, just let the thoughts pass. Yeah. So it's the same thing. When those difficult moments come, just let those moments pass. You know, and uh, yeah, another tangent there. It. But <laughs> no, I love it. You know, I love. I
0: feel like you and I could have like many conversations and give like, yeah. so much insight and wisdom without even realizing it because mm. everything you just said I made a list of everything I wanted to unpack of what you just said <laughs> I'm like I don't know if this podcast episode is going to be long enough <laughs> yeah. so yeah. when you first started speaking to how mindfulness has helped you um okay so first um I think you mentioned like you I guess tried to like sum up mindfulness which you did a great job so mindfulness it's a state of active, open attention on the present. So when you're mindful, you observe your thoughts and your feelings from a distance without judging them. Mm. Now, you spoke to when you're not physically active, how you feel. So there's a saying, and I don't even remember where I picked that up from, but healthy motion equals healthy emotion. Mm. Um, So sometimes even when we're not in a great mood, we may not feel like getting up off the couch. We may not feel like doing those things. Even if you don't have the energy to go to the gym, go for a walk, Mm. right? Like I have many times throughout the pandemic felt in a low vibration or in a a, a bad mood. And just by physically going for a walk, completely flipped everything upside down. Yep. You spoke to the food that we eat. And Mm -hmm. I think that people don't, give enough emphasis to the fact that food is our fuel Mm. like i used to be that person where i lived on junk food 24 7 like no problem didn't gain weight i could eat whatever i want whenever i want but i felt like crap and when you start to pay attention to how your body is feeling then you recognize how certain food makes you feel and then after I hit the age of 40 and my body started to reject dairy and gluten and all of those things, it's like the days where I do cheat and say, well, I'm going to have this pasta or I'm going to have, you know, the thing, because in the moment it feels good. I pay for it for four days. I feel like crap. Yeah. <laughs> so Understanding that food is a huge part of how we feel. Right. You also spoke to, gosh, I made so many notes. I can't even read them.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, um. Quickly before you continue, while you try to figure out your notes, you're over forty. What girl? I,
0: I, 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 I sometimes I remember what year we are in before I I say my age because I'm like okay, okay, I was born in 1980. So if we are in 2023, then I'm turning 43. There we go. You <laughs> look
1: great. You look amazing. Thank you. So, yeah, Thank you. your Thank notes. You. <laughs> well, Thank you. Um. You
0: spoke to. About how your body reacts. Hmm. Now, I think I went over that point. See, now my, my brain is like doing the most. What else did I want to break down? Um, you talked about the subconscious mind. And at the end of the day, the subconscious mind is your feeling mind, how we feel. There's no limits there, right? Because you talked about your subconscious mind being yeah. limitless. Yeah. Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fact or fiction. Whatever you feed it, it takes it. Right. Yep. So, you know, if you're someone who likes to constantly ruminate on things that happened, every time you're doing that in your subconscious mind, that feeling, your body and your mind doesn't know what's real and what's not. So you're reliving that experience. Yep. You know, we have the ability to accept or reject any idea that comes to our mind, but people typically will absorb all of that negativity and allow it to corrupt everything that's going on in their mind. So you spoke to us being, you know, God's children. Hmm. And if people really understood that, then they would understand that their spiritual DNA is perfect. Yes. You know, we yes. always look at ourselves and point at the flaws and, you know, think that we're not enough, but your spiritual DNA is perfect. Yes. The world would not be the same place without you in it. Yes. So I think a lot of us, especially women, have a lot of self-doubt and fears and all these things because we've allowed these viruses of the fear, doubt, worry, you know, um, negative uh, self-talk, limiting beliefs from society or what have you to seep into our subconscious and create these viruses that cause us basically to not act, yep. to not live out our purpose, to not be who we were called to be. Mm. Um, I feel like I could sit and, and talk to
1: everything you said all day. <laughs> like, yeah, totally relate. I can totally relate. <laughs> I, I told you, this is, this is stuff I love to talk about. You know, this is stuff. I. And until I found out that this is it, this is what you want to help people see. So everything, I, everything else I do, content strategy, marketing strategy, you may be wondering how does that relate to, it does, I promise yeah. you it does, it, it, it relates yeah. to that. So all those things become tools just to help people see at the end of the day that you're powerful, you are limitless, you don't have to stay in any situation that doesn't serve you. Um, and that's that's what I'm passionate about, you know? And just speaking to, you know, mindfulness, um, connecting more with your subconscious mind, a few books that have cha- changed my life, literally, The Power of Now is a mm-hmm. good one. The Untethered Soul is another one by Michael Singer. I think it is. And then I just love Dr. Thema and her podcast. You know, so if people are looking for resources out there, like those are three great places to start. Love it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing those resources. So before we go to the final segment, I want you to tell people where they could stay connected
1: with you online, (laughs) learn more from you and about you. The easiest way to connect with me is just my Instagram page. And that's at Cynthia D-A-E. That's at C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-D-I-E-Y-I just connect with me there. DM me, you know, I love I love making new friends. So DM me there and then we'll go from there. Perfect, love it, love it. Um,
0: so I'll have all of your details in the detailed section below the episode so they can just click and connect to you directly. So for the final segment, kind of like a rapid fire, you can answer one word, one sentence. I don't like to live in a box. It makes me feel claustrophobic. So I may ask you to unpack, but you let me know
1: when you're ready to go. go, <laughs> let's do this. Okay,
0: if you could create one law that everyone in the world had to obey,
1: what would that be? Be empathetic to one another. Love it. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, there are people who, I guess, maybe based on their own childhood traumas and them being in fight mode all the time, don't have the ability
1: to be empathetic. That, I feel like empathy could go such a long way. If everyone was just a little more empathetic, the world would be such a, a much, much, much better place. Less judgment. I agree. Everyone would be taking care of the other. Like just empathy, just a little, a little more smidge. Just a little more empathy. <laughs> <It really laughs> I get it. I get it. I agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you do at night before you go to bed?
1: Recently, prayers of gratitude and my I am meditation. And at night, prayers of gratitude again. Love it. Okay. Name one of the most
0: worthwhile investments that you've ever made. And that could be of money, time, energy.
1: Investing in the good, a good coach. Every single time in my life that I've made you know, exponential progress from one stage to the other. It's because I invested in the right kind of mentorship. Love it. Okay. It's fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's one thing you forgive yourself for?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I forgive myself for those moments. I snapped at other people because I wasn't aware of what was going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. When I, when I have memories of times that I regret, it's usually because I snapped at someone for some reason or the other, Mm -hmm. um, snapped at a loved one for some reason or the other. And yeah, I just, I just didn't know what's going on inside Cynthia. (laughs) um, I get it. Okay. So when was the last time you apologized to someone? Oh, apology comes very easily for me. Um, When was the last time I ap- apologize? I apologize to people for not, when they don't sleep well, I'm like, I'm sorry you didn't sleep well. <laughs> so, so the last time, maybe like, I don't know, like 45 minutes ago before we talked about- <laughs> and I was talking to a friend and she was like, oh, I didn't sleep well last time. I'm like, I'm sorry you didn't sleep well, you know? Um,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Okay. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? I wish more women would know their power mm. and this like could open like a, a, a another Pandora's box of conversation, <laughs> about how powerful women are, yeah. but I just love women. Like I wish we would know our power more. I wish we'd like understand and really tap into our power more, but I love it. Yeah. I, you know you know it gives me goosebumps
0: so I interviewed a woman yesterday who is the founder of a women's magazine Mm. and that was her exact response as well when I asked her the same question like we honestly don't understand our power and I think a lot of us give it away and a lot of
1: us underestimate it Uh but we are so powerful we are powerful beings. Like when I just think about women, it gets me excited. We're powerful beings. We just don't we don't even tap into half of our power, you know, for whatever. What they, they say that most people have only tapped into ten percent of their potential. Can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine. Imagine what we could do if we tapped into more, you know. So I yeah, uh, I'm a advocate cheerleader for women and I just wish we would tap into our power more. Know our power. I love it. All right, so yeah, I, I absolutely
0: love it. And what I what I love about that is, even when we learn to tap into our own power and we work on our own healing, we are more open to collaborations and masterminds with other women. And together, we can have exponential growth. And mm-hmm. this is a huge part of why I have these conversations, so that we can see that we are more like than we are different.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: thank you so much, Cynthia, for sharing your journey, your wisdom, your truths, your coping tools. Um, and your energy with us today. I truly, truly appreciate you.
1: Thank you. This has been a lovely conversation. Best conversation I've had in a while. It's one thing to talk about like business, all that stuff. I love that stuff. But like talking about us as people too, that ignites my fire, so thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> thank you. Trust me, this is—I don't know—maybe it's an introvert thing, but this is what gets me excited, and this is why I continue to do this. So.
1: Maybe it is an introvert thing. How in case like came about that. Maybe she'll have some information for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me know. Let me know. I will. I'll give you a minute
0: thank you and to all of you healers out there until next time subscribe on all platforms don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on apple podcast we would love to hear what your aha moment was feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag cynthia at cynthia d-a-e which is c-y-n-t-h-i-a-d-i-e-y-a and you can tag myself at real bikini smith healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.